welcome to Lita's podcast. You might be asking who Lita is and why she started this podcast. Well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I've been in the makeup and beauty industry for over 15 years. I started off as a makeup artist and had many clients asking what's wrong with their skin and how they fix it. Although my beauty journey was quite long, I found the end. But it kept kept me wanting to do more. I always found clients asking for more. What else could I do to treat this? Or is there anything else? I can do. So it led me to think I need to do more education. I need to learn more about the skin. So I did a bit of research and then found dermal science. So I started studying dermal science. Got to the end of the second semester, so end of first year. Wasn't quite heading to the knowledge that I was burning for. So I did some more research and found biomedical science because it gave me that more in-depth of how the skin works from a cellular level but the body as a whole and why the body and the skin need to work in harmony so the skin is at its best and how the skin plays an important role with the body. So now that I've given you a little bit of information about myself and why I'm on the journey that I am, let's talk about why I started this podcast channel, where I see it going, and what I eventually would like to cover. So I'm aiming at all beauty lovers, whether they're a consumer, a client, a therapist, or an industry expert. I will go on and talk about the epidermis, why it's important, why treating just the epidermis, you're only treating the superficial issues, and how the cell turnover happens and how long that takes how you can treat the dermis and how by treating the dermis you will then also be treating the epidermis and why you treat in the dermis to renew your collagen and elastin fibers and why these play an important role within our skin and our body I will also talk about the different layers of the skin through beauty school we're all taught there's three layers and I found myself wondering why there's three layers when a lot of people only refer to the epidermis and dermis but at school beauty school we also got taught about the subcutaneous 
And why the subcutaneous is also called the adipose tissue and why this plays an important role not only in our skin but in our body as a whole. What's its purpose? Where it lies? What it helps? Because essentially in the beauty industry we only talk about the epidermis and the dermis. The different treatments that we can have, um, for instance, as a facial, what is the difference between a standard facial and an advanced facial? And the different types of advanced facials, peels, hydro and microdermabrasion, crystal abrasion, haifu, intensity focus ultrasound, CIT or collagen induction therapy, skin mingling treatment as it is commonly talked about. What else can we do to help the skin? What new treatments are coming out? What's been around for a little while? Where skin advanced treatments are heading? also encourage you to ask questions about different products ingredients for instance we talk a lot about vitamin C but on the ingredients list it's not listed as vitamin C it's listed as something completely different why on the ingredients list is vitamin C called aspartic acid what is aspartic acid? We know it as a vitamin. Why it's also called an amino acid? And is it hydrophobic, which means it doesn't like water, or is it hydrophilic, which means it loves water? Considering our body is mostly made up of water hydrogen why our body has carbon oxygen hydrogen what other chemical properties do we need to help with our skin why is h2o water so important to our skin and our body as a whole. In another podcast, I'll talk about a particular, I'll start off with a particular brand. It's been in the industry for 10 years. It's having a 10th year birthday this year. How the owner and creator took this brand and product from an idea to product launch. How many products did they have when they first originally launched into the salon industry? How they found the last 10 years in the industry space? Has it grown? How it's evolved? I'll also talk to a particular salon that has this particular brand 
how long they've been with the brand, how they've seen it evolve, their clients, their customers, treatments, how it's managed to stand the test of time within this industry. In another podcast, I'll talk about how the technology within our industry has changed and is there any treatments that we have in today's society in the beauty industry that may have been around when the beauty industry first came about is the treatment the same but the technology's changed makes you wonder where our beauty industry is heading we live in a world of technology it's in the palm of our hands you can recommend a product to a client they might turn around and go I'll get it next time but spend that time researching why that product and the particular key ingredients are right for their skin come back with more questions only to find that in that time that their skin actually needs something slightly different and why it needs something slightly different why does an aging skin need help to renew collagen and elastin fibers Why, at a certain age, do we find our skin losing its elasticity? Why it needs help to produce the nutrients to rebuild those fibres? And how this plays an important role in the beauty industry. Should we look at keeping our systems, especially our skin, fed with these ingredients when we start our skincare journey? So by the time we hit maturity, and I say maturity as our skin maturity, not as a brain or developmental maturity when our skin hits maturity when we would normally see fine lines and wrinkles and other skin concerns and conditions start coming along that normally comes along with age do we start treating them before they even become an issue in the future Or are you finding that you're recommending particular products to help with an issue that that could become apparent in 5, 10, maybe 15 years time? So you're stopping it from becoming an issue before it is even an issue. Comment below. 
do you think that that's where the industry is heading? That we are recommending products to feed, if you will, and give nutrients to the skin, both internally and externally, so it can absorb it or do you find a lot of clients you think will wait what you think the next big treatment um, device will be we've seen microcurrent treatments have stood the test of time from early 70s when they first were introduced to now how different they are will they still be a treatment that we'll see in years to come high food from its formal beginnings when it was started to treat prostate cancer and how it's now used to treat different conditions with different frequencies and treatment heads. Will that then become the norm of facial treatment in years to come? And something else replace it will skin needling be the new exfoliation as you will if you look at it that way how you exfoliate your skin every week will skin needling be in years to come part of a standard facial We've got LED. A lot of salons have LEDs standard with their facial, while others have it as an add-on. Well, in future, again, will the LED be new and improved? Will it have not only have got different lights now, but not only will those different lights be used more like a solarium bed than a portable device. Makes you think where we're headed. We got rid of the solarium beds because of how the UV light reacted with our body. And we all know how UV light reacts within our body and not only does it cause the melanin to increase but what else it increase within our body will another treatment head down the same as the solarium beds that it is 
to be found in many years to come detrimental to our skin and its integrity. We've got um, fibroblasting treatments coming onto the market. Plasma therapy. How much do we know about plasma and what it can do to the skin, how it reacts with the skin? There are so many different treatments and a lot of treatments have clinical trials that have been done while others that haven't. Is it important that a particular treatment modality undergoes vigorous scientific trialing before it's released? On another podcast, we'll talk about how the industry, especially in Australia, is different, one, between each state and territory, how the lack of regulation within different modalities of the industry, is it helping, is it hindering? And I'll look at how maybe in a different country, how the regulation, again, does it help or hinder the industry? And how those regulations compare to Australia and what would happen if Australia adopted a particular regulation from another country. so many different areas of the beauty industry that is unknown to a lot of people and it's this that I'm hoping to de-myth and debunk with these podcasts there is other things like product allergies What do you need to do legally, morally, and who's at fault? Is there any any grounds for legality? And I'll also talk to um, a skincare... product college I think they are that train you on how to make skincare products from scratch and what the benefit of knowing how to do this and what is involved with making products that not everybody knows or understands or they may think that just grabbing ingredients out of a kitchen cupboard to make a product how 
that can also go wrong is the products that we buy from the shops they might be able to be consumed but are they at a different level to be absorbed by the skin is the absorption rate internally different to topically there is many 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 different aspects within the beauty industry that haven't been explored yet how do we explore them who's going to explore them And where do we even start? Very, very many areas that are just unknown. Do you find yourself thinking? this should I know this how do I even begin to learn this you might also be thinking you've um, been in the industry for years and you've had a therapist that's coming out of college doesn't quite know the depth of knowledge that you had in a particular area why the standards of that education is decreasing within the industry Why the different subjects have changed? Is it that we should adopt a similar education to hairdressing where you should have an apprenticeship and it takes four years? Well then, the depth of knowledge that is needed be it the standard it should be or should we keep it the way it is I'll let you ponder on that and I'll let you ponder on what I spoke about today are we going down the road where we're relying too much on technology and less on our brain How we see this affecting future therapists within the industry. How much knowledge will you need to become a beauty therapist? Do you need to start a diploma level and then will there be a bachelor degree that you need to have to be even be a beauty therapist? 
questions. And I'm sure through the years we'll find the answers. But for now, let's wonder where our industry will be in 10 years as we look back on where it was 10 years ago.